new on Curiosity Stream. With my infrared drone, I can see what others can't. Drone pilot Doug Thrawn uses his bird's eye view for the ultimate good, saving animals from desperate situations around the globe. Join the rescue effort on a new season of Doug to the Rescue. And you captured a Confederate steamboat. We're taking the ship to freedom. An enslaved crew, a stolen vessel, and a Civil War dash to salvation on impossible escapes. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Welcome to the first Bradfoe show of the offseason, for the Red Sox anyway, and that's what we have to live with around here. I'm Rob Bradford, WEEI.com. We're sponsored, as always, by Ghoul's Distinctive Clothing. They're the people who have made me look so darn good throughout the season and, and plan on going right through the offseason looking the exact same way. Uh, today we're going to be honored to be talked with our playoff correspondent, the guy who, uh, the, the, the friend of the Hot Stove Show, not even a friend of the Hot Stove Show, really part of the fabric of the Hot Stove Show, and that's Angels infielder John McDonald. John, how you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, do, 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 you're going through a major league season. Congratulations, making the playoffs, having a good year. But the entire time, were you really? Was it all about just reflecting on your stint as the co-host for the Hot Stove Show and thinking about what could be potentially in store for you when you were breaking things down this this winter when you come in the WEI studios? Felt like every conversation that I had with somebody throughout the course of the year it ended up going back to to the show. And, and what I want to do uh, beyond baseball and, and how I can't wait to get home after the season and uh, and start start mixing careers. Yeah, that's, listen, I mean, that's fair. I mean, you, you you left quite an impression. You did a great job, especially people are still buzzing about that Jonathan Papelbon interview, so we're going to have to re, uh, rekindle that, that whole dynamic, and which is going to be even spicier now that he has a, a suspension or two under his belt. But that, that's for the future. We're going to talk about the here and the now, and you're a great guy to talk to about this stuff. You're Obviously, you're getting ready for a playoff series with the Angels. Um and I'm so with yeah with the Angels against the Royals. Now I I had asked you off the air. Did you watch the game? And and I would imagine you did. And and you had you did watch the game. The the Royals yes. uh, the Royals A's game. First of all, unbelievable game, right? Yeah. What I mean, the twists and turns that that came out, and a couple of times I thought it was going to be over just for the Royals to come back and and push another run. I mean, it showed. Um, the depth of their 40-man roster, how many guys they, that they had. I mean, they, they had 16 uh, position players last night, the Royals did, and oh. only nine pitchers. And, I mean, they I think they used uh, 21 players 
by the end of that game. Maybe it might have been a 20, 20 second one uh, right there at the end. Um, but it was, it was it was just impressive. What you know, those, those games are a lot of fun to watch. The fact that the rosters are completely different adds a whole new mix to that game. So you can have so many different pitch runners, and um, both teams do do so many things, but they do so many different things. It's two totally different dynamics on those teams. And uh, I mean, I, I guess you just you saw how how the Royals uh, how they push across runs. It's not necessarily through the long ball. It's through through getting on base, stealing bases, bunting guys over. Um, you know, looking for the for the big hit. And then they, they've got a really good bullpen. I know they gave up uh, a bunch of runs last night, but uh, they do have a tremendous bullpen and and some good starting pitching. So we're looking forward to a pretty good matchup here uh, on Thursday. Well, we're going to get into the Royals in a second, but you guys obviously played the A's a bunch. You were going uh, back and forth with them for the majority of the year. Is there anything about what transpired last year from the A's perspective that surprised you? No, yeah, I guess I think everyone's just surprised that they didn't play. They had some injuries the second half of the season, but I think um, you know from our side, I think we're we're um, surprised that they did not play um, as well as they uh, as they had over the past two years, and they they struggled a bit down the stretch to to score runs because they do have they do have a lot of guys on that team that can swing the bat pretty well. You know, I think it was a a, a good combination of the injuries that they had, um, and that you got to tie that right into their production because their pitching, um, for the most part, their pitching was. Uh, pretty dominant um, still over the last half of the season. How, how much do you think, having played them a few times since the trade deadline, how much do you think taking Cespedes out of that lineup affected it? Well, I think taking, I, I think it's blown out of proportion a little bit because um, he was healthy, and I think a healthy taking a healthy player out of the middle of that lineup because you've got um, Moss is dinged up, uh, Reddick's been dinged up. Uh, Josh Donaldson's been dinged up. Coco Chris has been in and out of that lineup. Jed Lowry broke his broke his finger. Um, they had uh, a, a catcher um, on the John Jaso go on a concussion. Uh, had a concussion. They went on the concussion DL. Um, they just had so many different things. And and you know you you took a guy that's been relatively healthy and and you traded. Now you didn't know all these injuries were going to happen after the trade. Um, I think you know a couple guys were banged up, but you expected everyone to be back healthy and playing well in September. And and but and taking a, a healthy Zestus out of that lineup, you know, obviously, I mean, I think that's a big reason why why it hurt. Um, I mean, he's a, he's a very good baseball player, um, but it's not as if you were taking David Ortiz out of the middle of a Red Sox lineup. Yeah, you know, and I and I looked at that trade, and I'm looking at that game going in the eighth innings, up seven three, and the narrative right then is, okay, you know what, Billy Bean, it worked out for you. You got John Lester. That's the guy that you want in any playoff run. You got him for this game. You got through it, and now you're going to get him into a series where he's going to thrive even even more. Uh, is that kind of how you were looking at it as well? I, I, and obviously it didn't work out. What happens is you make this trade, you give up a guy with a year control, and all of a sudden you know, you've played one more game than the Red Sox have. But did you look at it that way if – you were able to get John Lester into the playoffs. That that would be the edge in that deal. I mean, and you had the edge, and he pitches, and he pitches butt off, and he put you in, a, and he left you in a great spot to win the game. You know, I, I feel like it worked. I mean, it, exactly what you wanted to have happen in, in in a playoff game is what happened last night. And unfortunately for them, the, the bullpen um, didn't hold on to that lead. But you traded Zestinus for a guy to come out and be and be your ace and be your number one. And he was gonna, you know, he would have came right back and 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 pitched and and pitched extremely. I don't know if they would have they would have won against us, but they, he would have pitched extremely well, and it would have been a game that that hopefully could have went either way. 
Um, but that's why that's why you traded for him, and he did, and he pitched a great game last night. Yeah, you know, and, and I agree. And, and obviously, it turned, and, and the uh, the conversations changed to, hey, you you did play one more game with the Red Sox, but you know that that's you have to take those chances every once in a while and and I don't have a problem with it some people might but I didn't but let's go to Kansas City real quick the you look at how that game unfolded and we talk about trading for ace pitchers and they did it the year before they did it with James Shields and I was tweeting out at the time when James Shields gets pulled after 88 pitches and he gives it up. I'm, I, I felt bad for Dayton Moore, the general manager, because I'm looking at it as he finally gets his ace. He takes the big gamble, trades Will Myers, makes this trade. You get the ace that get you to the playoffs, and now you're taking him out after 88 pitches, and this happens. I, I don't know when you were watching that if that surprised you at all about taking Shields out of the game or if that was kind of the M.O. that – Kansas City just has such a good bullpen that you, it's not going to be like Tampa Bay, that you are going to shorten up starters' appearances like that a little bit more. Right. You know, it was definitely something that we talked about in the room when we were watching it. And uh, uh, we had a couple couple guys on our team together watching it. And, and uh, you know, when we break I mean, we break down every one of our games. So um, we're going to break down any game that we're watching. And we were, we were thinking uh, along those same lines, you know, you're surprised that, uh, that Shields is coming out of the game, and then you're surprised that Ventura is the one that's coming in. I know he's got electric stuff, but he's a starter, and it's uh, it's just a different. It's just you, you see it so many times when you bring a starter out of the bullpen. It just doesn't always work. More often than not, I don't think it does work. Um, you know, unfortunately for them last night, it didn't. Uh, but they and, and they have a they have a really good pen, uh, good bullpen. You can you can rehash it so many different ways. Who else that you could have brought in in that situation, Herrera or? You know, going early to a to a uh, to Wade Davis, and you know how how big big of a spot that's probably not the right move, but um, how big of a spot in the game that that was that he felt he was going to bring in Ventura to 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 uh, stop it. Um, you know, I mean, hey, they ended up winning the game. You know, you don't have to talk about that, I guess. Now and and, <laughs> and uh, Dayton Moore doesn't necessarily have to. Uh, have to relive that moment um but you know but i'm sure it's something that that uh, i mean a lot of people in baseball are talking about it so i'm sure it's something that well, they're going to talk about it and make a make a make a make a decision on what to do with that situation next time did you guys stick around and watch the tbs post game show no. Oh, Pedro. Pedro took took care of it for everybody. You don't have to say anything. Pedro took care of it for everybody. He was <laughs> he was not happy. He was not happy with that move. But so let's talk about Kansas City. Hey, no, so, yeah. so then Grady got it right. Yeah, yeah. No, that's the thing. Is that Pedro actually criticized Grady? Not not as over the top as he was criticizing Ned Yost. I mean, he was. It was a flurry of tweets. It was. A flurry yeah. of criticism. Then they go to the Ned Yost press conference, and he s- explains himself. And they come back, and Pedro says, "The only thing, unless he said I screwed up, then I don't want to th- hear anything else he said." <laughs> so, but they did show the pay- they did show the Grady Little thing, uh, and he also cited the next year, two thousand four, when they brought in Pedro. I think on a day's rest out of the bullpen, and uh, yeah, was, and he got lit up. That, right? Was that Tito? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, baseball's so funny that way. Though I mean, it's 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 awesome that we get to talk about these things. But the the way baseball works, and and you've been watching it, and and I know everyone in New England that watches it, you never know what's going to happen. I mean, you know what? Pedro could have got those guys out. I mean, I was sitting there, sitting there thinking he he can get these guys out. 
he, he it didn't it didn't work out that way, um, you know, for for PD that year. But it, even last night, Ventura could have came in and struck two guys out, you know, gotten gotten a pop up and a ground out or, or two fly balls to the track. Yeah, and and you're not having that conversation. That was and and baseball is so so up and down. There's so many uh, different twists and turns that it takes that you just you you have to play it out. And and it's a it's such a game of of uh, reconstructing what could have happened and and second guessing that makes I think that one makes the game so much fun. Yeah, you know, and, and that's the thing. I, as the game unfolded, and and I'm ready to call Ned Yost the worst manager who ever managed. And then he's, I think there was one out, uh, Eric Hosmer was up, they were down three runs, and he steals Kane in second. I'm like, oh, here he goes again. I mean, what, what's he doing? This is this is highly questionable as well. But then you see kind of how everything unfolded in that last few innings, and it's not only stealing second down, but you're stealing third down. And this is just what they had done, and this is, and it worked. I mean, it worked. Right. You know, and sometimes that, that's not the manager either. I mean, the manager... Yeah, he controls it, and he, you know, he. They, all these, these guys may just have the green light. Hey, you got the green light until we take it off, and we, you know, we're going to trust your judgment. Or you know, you got the green light, man. You guys have improved it all year. This is how we play. We're going to put pressure on you. We're going to run. We're going to get our guys in scoring position. We don't hit homers, you know. But so this is how we're going to score runs, and it's going to be all. It's going to be about pressure, and you know, keeping that keeping that pressure on, and letting his players have that type of uh, mentality where they, they have the freedom to to go out and and perform with the with the skills that they have um, helps them be better baseball players instead of you know putting the putting the uh, the handcuffs on you and say you know you're not running here and then okay you can run you can run now and that's all right, all right now I got to get a now I have to get a better jump and the mindset kind of changes to players being a little bit more tentative when you have runners that can run and you let them run when they want to run they are free and they get jumps. But when you start to when you start to tighten that down and say, "Well, I, didn't, I don't trust you here. I don't, I don't want you to run this situation. I don't trust you're going to make it." And then you let them run after that. What type of mindset are you giving them now to run? You know, and, and baseball is a is a lot of stealing bases. is a lot about feel and reading the pitcher and having confidence. Right. You know, the best hitters in the game are the most confident ones. So hey, that's the mentality that he goes with. And, and and to a certain degree, Socha's like that a little bit, right? Or I I don't know if you have the same personnel as a Kansas City, but I know back when the Red Sox were playing, used to play uh, the Angels quite a bit in big games, that they were very aggressive. That was the M.O., and maybe part of that was because the Red Sox had a hard time controlling the running game. Uh, how much is that? How, how, how similar to the approach of what you saw last night with Kansas City is, is to what you guys do? Yeah, I don't. I don't think we're not as. Uh, we don't have the speed that Kansas City has. Um, we got some guys that can steal bases. Um, you know, we got some guys that they let they let uh, do some things on the bases. But um, it's a, definitely a different personnel package that two teams have. Um, and uh, you know, we got some guys that can bang the ball around the ballpark, and we're gonna we're gonna let them hit. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna um, say when you have Trout and when you have Pujols and you have Hamilton, you have. These guys, it's probably a little bit of a hesitancy to to steal. Whereas Kansas City, you know, there's no one. Maybe Hosmer, you know, or maybe Billy Butler when he's going good, but no one like that. Where you saying don't steal because this guy's up. Yeah, you know, and our lineup's been pretty. Uh, our lineup's been pretty pretty solid. Howie Kendrick and Eric Ibar's had a great year swinging the bat. David Freeze has had a great second half, and he's been really hot lately. Um, you know, same with with Chris Ionetta. He, he 
he's uh, he goes through some streaks where he really swings the bat well. Cole Calhoun at the top of our lineup, um, he's not a, a big stolen base guy, um, but he is a great hitter at the top of the lineup. So um, they're definitely constructed differently. And uh, but but Soch manages uh, he manages our personnel really well, and uh, we we've had one of the better offenses in baseball. So it's it's one of the things that we uh, we're looking forward to seeing come Thursday night. So how familiar are you with Kansas City? Now, obviously, you would have been very familiar with Oakland, but as you head into the the game on uh, Thursday, how 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 good do you guys feel about your familiarity with them? You know, I think we feel good about us and. Um, you know, and the, the pitchers, the, you know, the pitchers, some of their pitchers, the starters, Jeremy Guthrie. I know our guys have seen it, seen a good bit. Um, he's just he's been in the league for a while, and um, James Shields, the guys have faced him a good bit, and um, you know, although we'll probably only see him one time in the series. Um, Jason Vargas, uh, another starter, he he pitched for the Angels uh, a few years ago. Um, you know, some of their other players, some of their younger players, some of their personnel on offense. You know, I, I don't think we've seen as much. Um, but I think there's a uh, there's a sense that they're they're they have a really good group of baseball players and uh, and their skill set. I mean, all the guys that watched the game last night, it goes right in line with what we saw in our six games this year. We split. Uh, we won two out of three at home. They won two out of three in Kansas City. Um, you know, you're going to see a team that's that's going to want to put pressure on. They're going to bunt um, from Aoki to, to Dyson to. Um, uh, they're, they're shortstop. It's the names of oh, Escobar. Right now. Escobar, yeah, yeah. They're Escobar. You know, they're going to do so many little things. They're going to hit and run. Um, they're going to ma- try to manufacture runs. And they got some guys that can hit the ball out of the ballpark. You know, they haven't done it a ton this year, but you never know what's going to happen come, come the playoffs. So I think we're ready for we're ready for anything. And we've got such a good um, veteran group of players um, that and and I know Trout's not a not a veteran player yet, and neither is Cole Calhoun. But they are—they're pretty battle-tested, and their mindset is is not of somebody that's in awe of any part of the moment. They are—they're uh, definitely in control of their own game. So, um, you know, that's and we got a lot of guys with playoff experience. So all that stuff trickles down to our other players. You know, John, I remember when you guys swung through Fenway. Obviously, that was a big moment for you guys. Gary Richards gets hurt out for the year. What was the feeling then, and what what was the feeling after? Was there the, oh my goodness, what are we going to do now? And then, hey, you know, we, we, there's nothing we can do. What was that feeling? Yeah, I think uh, the feeling when it happened, and 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 we had, uh, I was up in the clubhouse, um, you know, with them before they kicked everybody out of the training room. Uh, see, they had too many guys in the training room because everybody wanted to be in there with them. Um, yeah, I think you probably took a picture of our our bench um, yeah, during the course of those those few innings. There wasn't many people on it. And uh, you know we felt horrible, uh, not not necessarily for our team. We felt we, we just felt terrible for Garrett. Uh, we knew how well he was pitching. We knew what he means to our team. But we also, you know, everybody uh, everybody loves being around Garrett, and and his uh, his energy on game days is awesome. His energy on games where he's not pitching is awesome. Um, he's just a, he's just a fun guy to be around. Him and Trout are roommates here. They uh, they uh, they they share a place out here. In uh, in Cali, and um, we went over there and watched that watched the game with them last night. You know, he's you know he's still not moving around great. He's not on not necessarily on his crutches full time anymore. And um, but he's uh, he's in it. He'll be he'll be at the ballpark tomorrow. Uh, he'll be traveling with us on the road. So it's you know it's something that we looked at and we're obviously sad for him. And we know what he means to our ball club. I mean, anyone that's associated in the organization knows the impact of not having him on the mound in game in game one, two, or three of this series it has. 
but that spot in the rotation has come up uh, a number of times since, and uh, we've played some pretty damn good baseball on that on that day of the rotation. And you know, this is what our team is right now, so we don't uh, we're we're well beyond that. And that, I think in the days after it, um, guys were guys were pretty crushed because you know you wanted you want him on the mound for us in the playoffs. Um, but as soon as you come to that realization that it's not going to happen, then you're like, all right, how are we going to win a World Series? And uh, there's there's uh, there's going to be 25 guys on that roster and and uh, you know 40 potential guys in the organization that are willing to do whatever whatever uh, whatever the organization wants us to do to help win it. You you were on obviously on last year's Red Sox team and you had the vibe of when you went into Tampa then going to Detroit and obviously St. Louis. What's the what's the similarity right now between that feeling and the feeling that you have right now? Is there or is it just you can't classify because it's different teams, different personalities, different situations? I, I think it would be very hard to classify the, the two of them. I, you know, it's the expectation that when you get to the ballpark every day that you're going to win, and and that mindset in, in Boston was was tremendous, and and we have that right now. Um, but I mean, the games, so many different things have had to happen in those games during the playoffs. Um, you know, with with Detroit, you know, facing that pitching staff in Detroit last year, um, I don't think anybody would have. I mean, they were there. I mean, they had a tremendous pitching staff, and if you lose, if you lose one more game, you know, it goes to Game Seven. Uh, you know, are are you surprised? Are you surprised that? <laughs> Could you have been surprised? I mean, you uh, know, no, no. You know, I, I said, I you said, know? I've said, John, I've said, and I might have told you this before. I think that David Ortiz Grand Slam was the biggest hit in Red Sox history because was, because you had you had to hit a home run, not a triple, not a double, not a single, not a walk. <laughs> you had to hit a home run. Otherwise, you probably lose that series because you're you're probably going to lose that game, and then you go with Verlander, and pr- maybe the mindset's a little different. Yeah, I mean the, the game, and then the other game was Napoli's homer off of. Uh, was it? Yeah, it was Verlander. Verlander, yeah, I think so. Yeah, Napoli's home off of Verlander. I mean, in that game, there wasn't much offense in that game, and it came out on top of that one. You know, just you know that that's how it goes. So just coming to the ballpark every day, feeling like you're going to win, and not not they our our club did not. Uh, we lost some games during the course of the year. I know we went we won 98 this year, which is an awful lot of games to win. Um, but after our losses. You know, hey, we're gonna win tomorrow. You know, it doesn't. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think our team's ever gonna feel like we're out of anything. So, and and I, th- I think that's the one similarity that I can that I can see from these two teams. But I think any team that's in the playoffs right now uh, better have that same feeling. Well, who's I mean, if they don't have that feeling, I, I don't. I don't know what they were doing all year. Who, who's the guy? Who's the guy uh, that you're gonna get in the feel that he's he's been playing well, been playing pretty well. And he's going to step up. Maybe it's a couple guys on your team that you're feeling they're getting in a little bit of a groove. And now you've been on postseason runs before. This guy is ready to ready to really not carry it like David Ortiz carried it last year, but certainly make his mark. Almost like a Hosmer. Hosmer last night, he he was the guy you wanted up, and he produced. Who is there a guy like that you get that vibe about with this your your team right now? You know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of them. Um, I've got Howie Kendrick. I've got uh, Mike Trout, David Freeze. Um, I, I, you cannot put anything past Albert Pujols, mm-hmm. what, what he is capable of doing in a baseball game. I mean, uh, I hear a lot of talk this year about how, you know, he's on, a, you know, he's, he's on the decline. But take a peek at his numbers. 
and and let me know what his uh, what his contract would be right now. If somebody was going to sign that, those numbers in the offseason. It's uh, his, uh, his his I know it doesn't run as fast as people would like him like him to, but his production was pretty uh, was pretty high for our, for our ball club. Uh, and then you throw in uh, you know a wild card like uh, Chris Iannetta on that, and uh, and Cole Calhoun, some guys that I won't be surprised if they go off in the playoffs. You know, so it's uh, it's just a, such a a good, calm, calm bunch when they go up to the plate to hit. Uh, that I think we're always expecting something big from from all of those guys, which is I mean, which is a great feeling going in the playoffs. Yeah. So when you go over to, I should ask this before, but when you go over to Trout and Richard's house. Do you wear your championship ring? Say hey, guys. <laughs> no. Oh, I don't oh. have it with me. No, I. Uh, <laughs> I brought it in Fenway one day um, when we uh, when we came to play the Sox. I, uh, a couple guys that had asked to uh, to see it and um, to see mine, and uh, so I, I brought it into the ballpark one day and, and kind of passed it around, let a bunch of guys take a look at it and, and, and let them know uh, uh, what we're playing for. <laughs> yeah, let, let, yeah I mean, that's, let, that's what you want, yeah. right? I mean. Uh, you know, the playoff share is great. The hang on the banner is great, but you have that ring forever. I tell you what, and that was a big ring. If you're if you're gonna make a statement when you're dipping the nachos at a team function, <laughs> that's the that's the one. The uh, and the other one I was remiss is is obviously Garrett Sarcina, one of our favorites, been there. Uh, Brian Butterfield, also one of our favorites. Who hits better fungos? Um, you know, Desar has hit me a lot of fungos this year, and uh, and I hope this doesn't get back to him. But you know, Butter. Could hit me fungos with his eyes closed, and he's probably still going to hit it exactly where I wanted to hit it. <laughs> well, but, I mean, I mean, I guess, listen. If there was a Hall of Fame for fungo headers, Butter would be in it. Let's just be honest, right? Yeah, he probably he'd go first first ballot for me. Uh, <laughs> you know, for for he'd be up there for just coaches uh, uh, period for me. <laughs> and, and the last question is, and I'm not going to ask you to predict the the other AL series, but I'm interested to get your perspective of potential matchup issues. Um, we, we've been breaking down this a ton, especially around here. We have nothing else to do. But when the Red Sox play the Orioles, say, oh, this is why or why not they are going to make a run. Or with the Tigers, this is why or why not they're going to make a run. What are some of the things that you're going to be looking for in that series for it to work for either team? Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think uh, the Orioles have done a great job of, of handling the losses of of Machado and Chris Davis, I, I feel like they played really well down the stretch uh, without both of them, and and keeping that momentum going, not having to rely on on what those guys are capable of doing, because you don't have them, um, and and uh, you know, and their 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 veteran presence. I mean, their presence in that organization, and getting getting I think getting over that, and without um, without Weeders, and they've had uh, they'll have a little time off to think about playing in the playoffs, and some guys that that haven't played in the playoffs yet. Um, you know, I think that's that's something to to look at how those guys that are performing in their new in their new roles, in the new spots, in the places of those players, how well they perform. I, th- I think they're going to throw the ball really well. Um, you know, it's just seeing how they're going to score runs. Um, you know how well Steve Pierce is going to do, and and what Adam Jones is. is uh, obviously, I think Adam Jones is probably going to have a huge huge postseason, have a huge impact. To how those pieces are going to fall in around him. Well, uh, and as as far as Detroit. I, you know that's that's a tough team sometimes to figure out. They go on runs where they play great, and then they have stretches where they don't uh, they don't score a lot of runs. And um, you know, but I think that that pitching and and this is a team that you built to play in October. 
you didn't you didn't necessarily build it to watch these guys play over the course of 162. It would have been great if they won 100 games. I, I think um, uh, Mike Illich and Dave Dombrowski, you know, wouldn't have been surprised if they ran out and won 100 games and had two 20 game winners and a, and a two 15 game winners with the with the potential arms that they have there. Um, but it's a it's a it's a team that they wanted to run out there in the playoffs and and win a World Series. So there are so many different dynamics of that team that can have a, a ton of success. The, the power in their lineup, you know, I think um, one thing to watch for me is is they they traded Austin Jackson to Seattle and and had been playing Raji Davis a lot in center field, and they've got a young shortstop uh, either in Andrew Romine or um, uh, or the other young. Uh, I, I can't help you out here. I can I can give no, you Escobar, I, but yeah. Um, but no. But your your point is well taken. Is that I think that you know if you look at those positions, it's not like they have veteran. Well, I mean, Davis is a veteran guy, but right, he's hurt. He's he's dinged up right now too. He just came out of a game uh, a few days ago with a hip injury. He, he didn't even finish running the first base. So I'd be interested to see what you're going to get. I mean, speed is a huge part of his his game. Um, you know, you may you may see. Um, Another another uh, young rookie out in center field for the Tigers uh, on on Thursday night, and, and if you're going if you're going young at short, you're going young in center. And uh, you know, I, I know Avila's uh, behind the plate, um, you know, but he's had a, he's had a history of concussions behind the plate, and I know he's been dinged up a little bit this, the second half of the year. So I, mean, I think that's uh, you know your your whole strong up the middle theory that I like that I like to talk about. Um, when you're strong up the middle, you're going to be you're going to have a strong lineup. Um, and you got some young players there, and I think that's one thing that you can look at to, to you know, just to watch and see how that develops. And you know, and the other thing for me is how does Sanchez translate to the bullpen? I mean, if he goes there, is he? He's going there, right? Yes, uh, he threw out of the bullpen already. Yeah, so I mean, obviously, this is the biggest weakness that Detroit has. If if you can find that guy to actually get out there and not worry about it. But we talked early in the podcast about this. Now, Sanchez isn't a rookie like Ventura was, but it's it's not the same deal. You've been doing one thing your entire, basically your entire life. Now you're being asked to do something else. It always, doesn't always translate. Sure, you know, I think the emotions, I think the emotions of it are different, though. I think Sanchez has pitched in the postseason before. He's been around long enough, and he has talked, he, he will have talked to enough people. Um, you know, he may even have thrown out of the bullpen before in his, his career. I'm not sure what his minor league career was like and when he when or how he transitioned to a starter. Um, you know, but you're throwing a young kid out there that that hadn't uh, done that but one time this year, and you're you have the probably the best crowd that he's ever pitched in front of in his in his <laughs> life, and and maybe the best crowd since 1985 in that ballpark. So there were a lot of factors that were going into that game that that. Um, you know, we're going to straighten out a fastball a little bit more. And, you know, nerves are going to be a little bit more. And I don't think Annabelle is, uh, if I had to guess, it wouldn't have as much of a uh, a time controlling, uh, a hard time controlling the, the pressures of pitching out of the bullpen in a game of that magnitude. Do you remember watching the Royals in 85, by the way? Yeah, you brought it up and everyone's, you know, putting up <laughs> pictures of George Michael and, and everything else. Do you remember? Because... Because uh, I I I remember a little bit, but do you remember that at all? Uh, you know, I was I was twelve. I, I mean, I remember. I remember That's a uh, sweet spot, though. That's when you start getting into it a little yeah, bit. The later stages of that uh, of the Royal Yankee uh, Wars. Because growing up a Yankee fan, they had some they had some battles, and that was kind of when I was getting indoctrinated into 
into the best of the baseball. So I remember I remember watching some of those games. Yeah, yeah that was that, that was that was little post baseball bunch, right? Ba- baseball bunch might have been a little bit before that. And, uh, yeah, they need to bring back. I've, I've I've actually brought that up to people that they need to bring back the baseball bunch on MLB Network. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! Saturday morning Abs- baseball a- show. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, my, oh, absolutely. Have a little league team running around, oh, running around a field in New York City. I mean, come on. It's the best. It's, it was absolutely. That would be a no brainer for me. And and how about Twib Notes, you know, and the and the, the the intro to um what was it? Yeah, Twib not Twib. Yeah. I, yeah, this week in baseball. This week in baseball. Right now. I won't do it, but I can hum it right now. Oh yeah, I can't even do it. But I I do know. I do know like that that's Fred Lynn. That's Fred Lynn making that catch over the wall. Yeah. That was great. I, I love those days. Me <laughs> too. Oh, they were so great. Um, and by the way, the I asked you about the Orioles Tiger series. I know you have to focus on your series just so we can call you our playoff correspondent. So we we cover all all bases. So I appreciate you waiting sure. on that. Um, no problem. But uh, John, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you throughout. I don't want to interrupt uh, interrupt everything everything, but. Obviously, you offer great insight, and, and congratulations on a great year. I mean, you talk about the amount of wins, but what you contributed to those wins, that uh, that you should be very proud. And um, and when you do eventually come back this way, uh, we will be honored to, to be in your presence once again. That sounds great. I look forward to it. Thanks, John. Take care. New on CuriosityStream. From time to time, we have collisions between asteroids and the Earth. We track them. We study them. We hope the big one never comes. Don't look up. It's Asteroid Rush and alligators. They rarely get sick. They even outlasted the dinosaurs. Could they hold the secret to human longevity? Their blood could have antibacterial applications. Wade into the investigation on immortal alligators. Watch now on Curiosity Stream. Annual plans are $20, just $1.67 a month. Visit CuriosityStream.com. Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. The difference between an agent and a Realtor is real. Realtors have the expertise to find exactly what you need and the ethics to do the right thing, even when it's the harder thing. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are. 